Hello, you're tuned to the Jimmy Jess Podcast. I'm Jimmy Connell, and I really hope your ears enjoy what they're about to hear. Here we go. Hello and how are you and you're all very welcome back to the latest episode of the Jimmy Guest Podcast. Thanks a million for tuning in. It's great to hear you coming on in such numbers and giving me feedback. And yeah, now I did put up a poll last week and only two people voted on it. Two people. So it was a 50-50. I gave you five options. Two people voted. So if I put up a poll, just tick in and give me an option. But anyway, the title of this week's episode is Women Have the Power. Yes, indeed. You got the power. Oh, yeah. All those songs of women having the power. Respect. Give a little bit. Remember Aretha Franklin sang respect. Remember Gloria Gaynor says, At first I was afraid. I was petrified. Kept thinking I could never live without you by my side. But I love this old singing, even though I'm not much good at it. But Gloria Gaynor was talking about having to have a man. She thought she was petrified because she couldn't live without a man by her side. Why did she need a man by her side? Why do women need men by their side? They're just the same as everybody else. They're just as good. They should not be considered in any other way. Only absolutely fantastic people. I want to state categorically that I am a man. I was born a man. I remain a man. And I intend to die a man i don't have any intentions to change and i also want to state that i am firmly of the belief that there are only two genders whether you agree with me or disagree with me i don't mind that's up to you i'm not going to influence your decision you're not going to influence mine so i believe there are male and there are female and the whole context of this podcast will be based on that assumption or fact or whatever way you want it now i do have non-binary because they give me my figures on spotify and i some people who um don't specify a gender there is a section for non-binary section for male section for female so i do see that a certain percentage of my listeners uh, identify themselves as non-binary which is completely up to yourselves i have no problem with anybody's decision to do whatever as i say everybody can make their own mind up but women have the power women you know that saying behind every great man is a great woman I've never heard such bull in all my life. Why you should be behind? Why is this hush behind a man? Women shouldn't be behind men. And in a lot of cases, they're not behind men. They're in front. They're the ones. I was listening to the Arva captain today, Kieran Brady. Arva won the junior All-Ireland football title today in Croke Park. And he wanted to thank everybody behind the mammies, the girlfriends, the partners, the wives, everything. And of course, they were there supporting along the way, but they should, you know, it was nice to recognize them, but I think it's a little bit patronizing, a little bit patronizing. And the reason I'm talking about this subject this week, the reason I'm going here is because I looked at a survey online and there was a lot of uh, radio talk about it. And it was done by Lidl, I think, who sponsored the ladies ladies football league. And, and I think that's what it is, the Gaelic football ladies, LGFA leagues. And they did a survey and they surveyed people to see um, who has attended women's sports events. So of the people they surveyed, and it wasn't exclusive to women or to men, it was a complete random selection of people. And 60% of those surveyed said they had never attended a woman's live sporting event, a lady's live sporting event, never in their lives ever gone to a match, in comparison to 29% who have never attended a men's live sporting event. So you can see that an awful lot more people go to see men playing sport. 
In fact, they're five times more likely to attend a man's main Premier League, Premier sporting event, rather than a lady's Premier sporting event. You know, and why is this? Well, they asked them that question, who, who do you blame? Who do you blame that they don't go out? And 65%, a huge majority, blame the media. They said it was the media's fault that more people don't attend ladies sporting events. I don't know, maybe the media, the media, in most cases, they're a money-making exercise, so they will do wherever the public want, basically. They will put on shows that the public want. So if more people, if they put on a women's sporting event, and whatever number x number of people watch it as compared to five times x watch a man's body well then obviously they're going to put on more and more men I, you know this straw poll from my experience more men go to games than women go to games but why why should um, women not go to their own games why do they not support their own ladies you know in, in the highest ever attendance at a female sporting event in Ireland was in the 2019 All-Ireland Final in Croke Park and just over 56,000 people attended that match. So, you know, there was three finals that day, the junior, the intermediate and the senior, and there was 56,000 people at it. And last year in 2023, the Ireland Republic of Ireland ladies football team, soccer team, they played a game, I think it was the game against Northern Ireland now, I stand to be corrected, but I think it was that one, where almost 36,000 people attended it. So, you know, if you put on these games and you publicise them right, people will go to them. Look at Katie Taylor, she fought in the Three Arena. Filled the Three Arena, 9,000 people. And I guarantee if she'd fought in Croke Park, it would have filled Croke Park. 9,000 people went to see Katie Taylor, and if she fights Amanda Serrano again, or whoever she fights the next time, I'm sure the same amount of people or more would go to, to the game but women have the power is what i'm saying and i want to crunch the numbers i want to crunch the numbers of can women empower themselves yes they can because look at look at the population of ireland the most recent population count of ireland says that we have a population of 5.28 million people across the republic and of this 2.6 million of those are men and 2.68 million of those are women so there are more women in this country than there are men. And men only, on average, men only live till 81.2 years of age. So women live longer. Women, on average, can live up to 84.5 years. So they're long, there's more of them and they live longer. You know? So now 84.5, if you've just turned 84, that might not be good news. And if you're a man, you've just turned 81, it might be not good, not be good news for you. But for the average, the median age, that's the age. You know, I saw a man there, I don't know where he was from, but he was after just celebrating his 107th birthday. Happy birthday to that man, 107. I don't think I'll make it. I don't know if I'd even want to make it. Would you really want to make it? Maybe if you're 106, you might want to make 107. But me at 51, do I want to live for another 56 years? That would mean I wouldn't even be half, halfway through my life. Oh, God bless us. Anyway, I'm going off the thing, okay? So there are more women in the country than there are men. So women have the power. Women have the power is what I'm saying. We got the power. Let's look at ladies in sport in Ireland. Ladies in sport in Ireland, they roll off the tongue just like this. Listen to some of the names in this list. Kelly Harrington, Katie Taylor, Leona Maguire, Sonia Sullivan, Derval O'Rourke, Nina Carberry, Katrina McKeown, Michelle Smith, Cora Staunton, Katie McCabe, Ellen Keane, Kira McGean, 
Stephanie Roach, Annalise Murphy, Sanita Purspoor, Valerie McCahy, Bridge Corkery, Katie Walsh, Rachel Blackmore, Radistat Adelecki. You know, I can go on and on and on. And you yourself, Vicky Ward, there's another one who's gone off to Australia, the mead footballer. There are so many of them. They just roll off the tongue, roll off the tongue. You can name them in your own head. Think of them now. Who are they? There are so many famous Irish women who have done us proud in the sporting fields and the sporting tracks and everywhere all over the world. So they're well able to do it. 45% of men and 40% of women participate in sport. So less women actually participate in sport. But it's not much of a difference. There's only 5% in the difference. The difference is one in five women drop out of sport between primary school and secondary school. One in five drop out. That's not the same for men. So there is a drop out there as to why it is, whether it's lack of interest, whether it's lack of opportunities, whether it's other issues, I don't know. That's not dealt with, but you know, it can be much better for women. But sport is not the be all and it's not the end all of everything. Women are so much fantastic at everything in the world. You know, let's look at Taylor Swift, a famous American singer. I don't know much about her, don't know many of her songs. But she announced a three concerts in the Aviva later this year, and tickets went on sale last year. And 500,000 people, half a million people, registered for the opportunity to purchase one of her tickets. This is the new thing now, you have to pre-register in order to go on to queue to try and get a ticket. Pre-registering doesn't guarantee a ticket because of that 500,000, only 150,000. 150, I say only, my God, imagine. 150,000 people got tickets, but 500,000, that's just under 10%, maybe 8 or 9% of the population of the Republic of Ireland registered to go to see Taylor Swift sing her songs in the Aviva Stadium later on this year. In 2019, the Spice Girl played in Grove Park and there was 75,000 of it. Phil Croke Park, unbelievable. I was at a Celine Dion concert in Croke Park a number of years ago. Myself and my good wife went to see it and, uh, you know, my heart would go on. I couldn't listen to her for two hours. It's two hours of my life. I don't think I'll ever get back. You try sitting up at the back top row of the Davin stand for two hours, looking at a little dot in the far end up near Hill 16 for two hours, listening to Celine Dion. I've nothing against her. Look, she's a fantastic artist. And if she was on the radio, I'm not going to turn off her songs. But to listen to her for two hours, oh my God, help us. But the fact I'm making is the Croke Park was full to hear this woman singing. One woman standing up on the stage on her own. Let's talk about Madonna. That woman. Madonna's actually 65 this year. Can't believe that Madonna is 65. I remember, and one of the first songs I'll ever remember is Like a Virgin. Like a virgin. Ooh. Touched for the very first time. Remember that? Remember years ago, I think it was only maybe 11 or 12. I don't know what. It was surely a virgin. Anyway. But that's not the point I'm making. But uh, years ago, when no, we were a very Catholic family, my mother was very religious and all that. So using words like virgin and that word, the word would have been frowned on you. Wouldn't have been using them. Not like today. They can use all sorts of words. But anyway, I remember the only... Music videos we used to see back then, we probably had RT1 and RT2 on the television, on the old Bush television, and we used to have to press the button. That was a remote control. Somebody had to get up and press the button to change the channel. But every Sunday morning, you come home from Mass, and on RT1 and RT2 was MTUSA with Vincent Hanley. Don't you remember MTUSA? It was the only time we'd get to see music videos, and we'd all be glued to it, because that would be our feed. Now it's just on your phone. There's no Spotify, no YouTube, no internet, nothing like that. You had MTUSA on a Sunday morning. It was absolutely brilliant. And the music videos were brilliant. You know, 
Nowadays, we just put them on whenever we need them. But remember Madonna, that song, Like a Virgin, was coming on. I used to be going around the house singing at the top of my lungs, Like a Virgin, woo! And the two brothers, just older than me, used to tell me, Don't be singing that. You can't be singing those the words in front of your mother. You're getting serious trouble. Mammy, you'll go mad. <laughs> so I didn't realize what a virgin was or what the word meant, you know. <laughs> but so I stopped singing it only when I was maybe down the fields or whatever, singing to myself. I, I'd sing it again. But nowadays, oh, if my mother was alive now, Lord of mercy, no, she, she could hear the words in some of the songs now and what the kids are singing. But anyway, that's another day's work. So anyway, I'm going back and going off the, the track there. What am I talking about Madonna for? Oh, yeah, Madonna. In Madonna's career, in concert ticket sales, Madonna has sold an unbelievable 11.7 million tickets yes 11.7 million tickets in her career that's unbelievable that's over twice the population of ireland she has sold tickets to you know crazy stuff and uh, residencies in residencies in las vegas you know the way they have residencies there you too have a residency in the sphere at the moment a new concert venue that looks like a sphere and it's all these led screens on it and it's absolutely mad i have to go someday there before i die but anyway last minute ticket sales for for concerts in Las Vegas. The highest amount paid for concert tickets in the last minute is to Adele. Adele, for her last minute tickets, can get just over $1,000 a ticket. And second place is a lady I was talking about just a while ago, Taylor Swift, $958 she can uh, achieve for a ticket for a last minute concert. And the top five, they'd be U2, Drake, and Usher, or the other three. So Adele and Taylor Swift outdo all them. And let's look at let's look at the sporting world in Ireland again. Let's look at last year's Camogie and Ladies Football All Ireland Finals. Right, so Cork won the Camogie. Amy O'Connor was the captain there. Dublin won the football. Carla Rowe was captain there. But they're both managed by by men. Managed by men. Mick Bohan is the Dublin manager. But that's not a problem. I don't mind men coaching women teams and vice versa. Women coaching men teams. That's perfectly acceptable. But I thought that, who ref the Camogie final? The ref for the Camogie final was John Dermody. The ref for the ladies football final was Shane Curley. Two men. Fine referees. Absolutely no problem there. But surely Camogie and LGFA can do themselves a favour by appointing women as refs. Appointing women lines women. Appointing umpires who are women. You know, serve their own purposes. And I thought one of the most stark things that happened in ladies football last year, and it's just a... a, a an example of how they're kicking each other, kicking themselves in the foot. It happened in Leash, Leash LGFA. The winners of the, the county final, the senior county final, were Port Leash. Port Leash won the Leash county final and they qualified for the Leinster Championship. They were due to play Longford Slashers in the first round of the Leinster Championship. I think it was in October or November, I'm not quite sure, but let's say October, it doesn't really matter. A Sunday in October and Port Leash were preparing for this, a big day in their uh, ladies' careers, you know, representing their county in the Leinster Championship. And as well as that, Port Leash minors, their minor team, had qualified for the Leash County Final. Another huge day for those girls. But this is where the whole thing goes pear-shaped. Leash, LGFA, fixed the minor final for the same day as this first round of the Leinster Club Championship. And to make matters worse, six of the Port Leash minor team were either on the panel or the starting 15 of the senior team. 
So Leash put it on. They knew when the Leinster Championship, because that's a date set in the diary from months previous, and they put on the minor final on the same day. And Port Leash had to pull out of the Leinster Championship against Slashers. We'll give Slashers the walk over because they wouldn't play without their girls playing it. So that's just shooting yourself in the foot, you know, not promoting the girls as they should be promoted. And that should not happen. Let's look at uh, the president of the LGFA. The president of the LGFA is actually a man. Now, I've no problem with him. He, he, he's probably a great president, but surely it should be a woman who should be in charge of the LGFA. Now, in fairness to the Camogie, Hilda Breslin is the is the is the president there, so they're doing. But one of the most stark realities of of women not looking after women in their own organisations. There is a, an organisation called Women in Politics. And it is there to help women get into politics and promote uh, their agenda. The CEO of Women in Politics is Brian Sheehan, a man. Again, no aspersions on Brian Sheehan. I don't know the man. I'm just saying that surely women in politics should have a woman in charge. And it was Mary Siri Carney, and I quote Mary Carney. She said about that, she said, an organization whose object is to empower women to enter politics, I would have thought should itself be a model of empowerment. So having a man at the helm as CEO appears to stand in contrast to the message of women having the confidence in themselves to enter into places of influence. You have to agree with her. You know, it shouldn't happen that, that, that you know, that they're a, a man in charge of women in politics. And let's go, let's talk about politics. I crunched a few numbers in politics as well, you know. Now, I'll just give you a, a quote from a former Fianna Fáil TD, Lisa Chambers. This is a quote from her. She said, all politicians get abuse, but I do think there is a different level for female politicians. It's a lot more personalised. It's a lot more based on the tone of your voice, the colour of your hair, how you're dressed. I'm pregnant currently, so that was coming up a little as well. Oh, she's taken maternity leave. No point in electing her. So there is an extra level. You know, so that was her opinion on how people view women who enter politics. Let's look at numbers in Ireland. The TDs in the last all, February 2020, 36 women were elected. So 36 women were elected to Dáil Éireann. I think it's 159, isn't it? 159 TDs. So there was 100 and... Uh, 133, 123 men, and that was only up one from 2016, you know. And of the 31 women who were elected in 2016 to go on again for election in, in, in 2020, only 19 of the 31 were re-elected. But for men, it was 84 out of 107. And who went for election? There was 162 women that went on for election, put themselves on the ballot paper, 357 men. And the success rate of that was 22.2% success for women who went on for election, whereas men, it was 34.5% success. So you're much more likely to succeed if you're a man in politics than you are as a woman. But why do women not vote for women? Surely if women voted only for women, and I'm not condoning this, but I'm just saying, if you want women to get into power, then women need to vote for women. But that doesn't always happen. In 2020, it's the first time in the history of the state that a woman ran for election in all 39 constituencies. 
first time. And they got 26.7% of first preference votes. That's up from 15.7%, which it was in 2011. You know, so they got 26 over a quarter of the votes, first preference votes, which was huge. 12 constituencies are all male. 12 constituencies had no, uh, all male elected politicians. Only down from 16 in 2016. So it's progress, but there's still 12 constituencies in this country who have no female TDs. But I'm guaranteeing in those counties there are probably more women on the electoral register than there are men. So why are women not voting for women into politics and put them in? In since in 102 years of this state, between 1918 and 2020, 1,341 people have been elected as TDs. So in the history of our country, we've had 1,341 TDs. And unbelievably, 9.7% or 130 women in all that time have been elected as TDs. You know, my God, gender quota. This is what they're bringing in now, gender quota. They state that it used to be 30%. You had to have 30% women on your ballot paper for each political party. You had to have 30. It's going up to 40% now, 40%. And if in the local elections in 2019, there was 500,000 euro shared out between the political parties who had 30% or more ladies on their ballot paper. So they're even incentivizing them with money. Here's a few pounds if you put... Surely that's not the way to go about it. Surely it shouldn't be... Uh, surely it shouldn't be uh, monetary in incentives. I, I don't know. I'm just thinking this through my head um, as I'm talking. It shouldn't be happening. You know, there are four million, I think about four million people eligible to vote in Ireland that are over 18 and eligible to vote. Vote. That doesn't say they're all on the electoral register, but they're eligible to vote. So women, get out and vote for women, is what I'm saying. Because women, I you know, let's talk about other important women in Ireland over the years. Women like Mary Robinson, Mary McAleese, two female presidents. You know, there's a lot of countries never had a female president, so we're well up there on that, but there's still, there should be more. Constance Markovich, Grace O'Malley, you know, go back through the years. Rosie Hackett. Grainne Whale, Lady Gregory, even Noreen O'Sullivan. You know she was uh, head of the of the Gardaí Enya, one of the most famous singers ever in the world of anybody. Margaret Heffernan, who used to own Dunn stores. Maeve Binchy, even Mary Lou Macdonald in politics. Michelle O'Neill up at the north, I know, but Mary Lou, she could be our next Taoiseach. Oh. I hear you all rattling in your heads, all you Fianna Fallers and Finn Gaelers out there, but it could happen. And Mary Harney, I think she was the first ever leader, wasn't it? The PDs, the Progressive Democrats, she was the first ever party leader, female. So, and Ivana Bacic now is um, leader of the Labour Party as well, and we have the Sock Dems. Uh, her name now has just gone out of my head, and I can't think of it. But the Social Democrats have a, have a woman leader as well, so it's going to happen that there's going to be a female Taoiseach. Lads, get used to it. Maybe they do a better job than the men do, in fairness. So that's just looking at the whole thing, because I thought 60% never attended women's sport, but they're out there. Women, you are out there. Come out. Come out and vote. Come out and watch your girls playing sport. Come out and have the power. Women have the power. You have the numbers. You have the power. Go 
and make women great again. M-A-W-A, that would be Mawa. It wouldn't be make, make America great again. Make women or M-W, anyway. You know what I mean? Get out and do it. We need women in charge. <laughs> They're in charge in every house in Ireland. Why not be in charge in Leinster House and every board room in Ireland? That's just my rant about women. Whether you agree with me or not, let me know. Other bits and pieces I want to talk about today. Just a few bits of news. I was talking there about the, the Arva winning the county Cavan team who won the All Ireland Junior. And then after that was oh, the, the Armagh team that won the Intermediate. So well done to them. There's another thing now. It might be a little bit controversial. I don't know. Whether, I won't have much time to talk about it because I'm coming close to the end of the podcast. But uh, a TD today, a minister, Jack Chambers. He's a Fianna Fáil. I think he's a minister. Was minister for sport. I'm not sure he's minister for now. But he's come out on social media today and announced that um, he is gay. Right? So he... I'm The question I'm asking is, is it necessary to come out on social media as a politician and let us know your sexuality? What has that to do with anything? Surely that's your own private business and people don't need to know your... Your sexuality. It shouldn't make any difference. I don't think it makes any difference. You know, if we don't need to come out and say we're heterosexuals, why do we need to come out and say we're homosexuals? Or lesbian or gay or whatever it is. I, I just thought it was a strange thing to have to come out publicly and state. Nobody asked him or nobody was questioning him or it's not an issue. I just don't see that we should have to bring our personal circumstances into our public life. That was the only point I'm making. So just something of interest there and um, other issues that happened this week i i don't know i was listening to live line on rt radio one there joe duffy was on and he was saying that he got a lot of calls a lot of complaints in about um the stations who do the cash call i think it's 98 fm i think news talk um there's three or four of them anyway in they're in in one media group and they do this thing called the cash call where they give out a a number like we'll say 26,552 euro and this is the morning cash call and you have if you want you can text in or ring in and register uh, i think it costs 250 or something like that and then at the end of the day they will ring somebody and you have to answer the call within five rings and if you answer within five rings and tell them that's 28,550 or whatever i said you get the money and he was complaining that this was promoting um gambling and I was thinking, RTE do the very same thing, in fairness. I think he was being a bit hypocritical there. Because if you watch the Late Late Show on Friday nights, there's always a, a texting competition. And they asked this silly question of, like, who's president of Ireland, Michael D. Higgins or Michael D. Mouse? You know, or something like that. You know, so it's not, there's no skill involved because, you know, the answer, really. So just I was hypocritical of Joe Duffy and RTE to start saying that they shouldn't be. You know, it's optional. You don't. There's nobody forcing anybody to spend their two fifty. There's also lotto ads all on our, in RTE as well. There's a lot of money they make from the national lottery promoting their game. So look at. I know gambling is a problem. Gambling is addictive, but you know if it's good enough for RTE, it has to be good enough for the other ones. You know that was just another. So that's really it for this week. Um, women have the power. That's what I was talking about this week. I think we're going to see a huge change in. 
in the structures of politics in Ireland, the structure of sports in Ireland. It's happening already. You know, and men were going to have to take a back seat. And that's no harm either, because in fairness, we haven't been doing that great a job, have we? <laughs> anyway, thanks a million for listening. I hope you enjoyed that half an hour of ramblings on about uh, different bits and pieces. Um, keep tuning in. Press the follow button there. Press the bell button. So I'll every Monday, I hope at one o'clock, I'll be releasing a new episode of my podcast. If you have any comments, any recommendations for me, or I know now, I do know that the jingle, there's a problem with the jingle, and a few people have said it to me, that, and I even listen to it in the car myself, and the next thing the jingle goes, boom, and it just hits you like that. So I have to adjust that. I hope I'll have it adjusted for this episode. If I haven't adjusted for this episode, please, when I come to the end or even to start, mind your ears, but I'll look at the, 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 the software now and try and... Um, so thanks for the feedback, everybody, and let me know that that was a problem. I'll try and fix it, but... For now, thanks for listening, and as always, good luck, good luck, good luck, good luck, good luck, good luck. And that brings us to the end of another episode of the Jimmy Jess Podcast. I've been Jimmy Connell, and I hope you've enjoyed listening. Please subscribe to my podcast and tune in for the next episode coming soon. Until then, good luck, good luck, good luck, good luck, good luck.